Well, hello everybody and welcome to another exciting third season installment. Or two installments. We're doing two tonight, aren't we? That's right. Yes. Um, I have a cold, so I'm going to be muting my mic quite a bit to cough and all that. But I am, I do have, a, I'm armed with a hot toddy tonight, so. Ah, like you wouldn't be otherwise? Well, not usually what I drink, but uh, it feels good in ah. the throat. Yeah, yeah. I just need a couple cigarettes to make my voice sound good. <laughs> like that King Holder. Gritty. Gritty. Smooth. Smooth and yeah. gritty. Gritty. The lights of Zaytar. I I, so, I I was reading it a few minutes ago that uh, Ronald D. Moore of uh, Battlestar Galactica and other, other fame once called this his least favorite episode. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So, something about you don't even have the, don't don't even have the campiness of something like Spock's brain to get, carry you through. And hmm. he has a point. <laughs> I don't think I would list, but our... I don't think it's the worst though. No, no. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely has its moments. I'll give it that. Yeah, it has a, it has some moments that are genuinely. I think still frightening. Like I remember mm-hmm. this when I was a kid as being a quite scary, frightening episode. And some of that for me was still there, although it could just be sort of the <clears throat> the way that I looked at it. But there's a there's some moments. Um, actually, they're sort of bizarre moments that act that make it more frightening than it otherwise would be. And um, so for me, that there's those things were still gripping. But even the, but in between, there's an awful lot of really, really stuff that doesn't work at all, and seem, seems like a you're wondering why did they do that? So why um, did they do that? <laughs> so I feel like I don't know. Just to I guess to get things rolling, mm-hmm. I felt like the first. This is actually true of both of these episodes. The the teaser was fine. I thought, mm-hmm. well, the teaser, this, so far, so good. Um, and and then actually sort of the, when the, these, the Zaytarians attack the ship, and there's this kind of strange um, reaction where the crew members are kind of trying to speak, but can't, and there are these, those noises kind of... Oh, that, that slowed down, kind of... Yeah, yeah. Is, it, to me, is genuinely creepy, um, and then the the moments at, when they would beam down to memory alpha, and that woman is dying, and mm-hmm. she's sort of, and they it's they actually effective. instead of it's pretty effective. Except when I watched it this time, I thought, well, okay, they're they're just sort of watching this woman die, and they're not like, I mean, and I think Bones does say, well, there's nothing we can do for her, but then they just kind of stand there and watch her die, which seems really they seem really ineffectual. Odd. Yeah, they and they seem to, and it sort of takes her a little bit of t- a little while to die, but even though it's very very creepy, yeah, um, it also strikes me as a little bit odd. One of the many things that are off about this episode, but I do. There's also another moment that that still got me, which is when they're on the planet's surface and Sulu is watching that that sort of rudimentary diagram that shows memory alpha at the center <laughs> with all those concentric circles, yeah. and there's that flashing light. <laughs> That represent, represents the, Z- the Zatarians coming back 
to memory alpha that's really chilling when you see it. Um, so there are those moments that... And then I think also when, when Romaine, Mira Romaine actually, the, when they speak through her and she's sort of talking in that creepy voice, that's another sort of moment when you... You, I, I thought, still, you know, kind of gripping as well. But the rest of it's got serious problems. Yeah, Rob, I think that's a good uh, good way to put it. Um, again, again, not, not a bad idea. Really, on this one, there's some, uh, uh, again, good, good suspense built up. And uh, they, again, they tried to make use of the limited sets available. They reused a lot of things, obviously, from other episodes, including, according to some of the stuff I was reading, some footage from earlier episodes, including that hmm. really weird, un- uncharacteristic, overhanging uh, zoom shot of the bridge that they start out with that, that apparently is from some outtake from season one. Hmm. So, you know, it's one of those little details that I, I, I'm not sure. I, it looked a little off, but I didn't quite make the connection that it was, you know, back from the very beginning of the series. But um, really, I I, th- I think one of the problems, you know, you know uh, uh, among other things, is just the, well, the maybe we should jump right into it the the Scotty Romaine relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really, um, it, it's it's kind of uh, grating. Uh, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. E- even if you want to look at this sympathetically, the, the episode. It it's still kind of cringe inducing, and and, well, and, and I mean, considering it's supposed to be the kind of the heart of the episode, that yeah. that 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 really becomes a flaw. Well, the I mean, you can't look at it from the standpoint of you know well Scotty gets the girl instead of Kirk, and yeah that's that's a nice change of pace, but I mean uh, we're getting into misogyny corner early, but. I mean, the way he treats her, it's yeah. so patronizing. Oh, it's and horribly condescending. Demeaning. Yeah. And, and it reminds oh, me yeah. of, of the 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 other episode where he he has a female interest of, that I can think of is Who um, mourns for Adonis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not quite the same, but it like well, there's a good reason Scotty never got any girls, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because <clears throat> he gets all creepy and shit. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and I, I love the character Scotty in general. I really, I yeah. always love that character. But the way they wrote the character in, in these kind of situations is, is really awful. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember in Who Mourns for Adonis it being quite so glaring or annoying. No, no, it's, it's much, r- much yeah. more restrained yeah. there, but there's still some of the same idea. I almost wonder if, you know, Somebody remembered that one and just said, well, write it like that, but amplify it ten times. Yeah, that'll make it interesting. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we actually have two episodes that we're discussing where there's a love story that fails <laughs> because it seems, because the, it, it has our main characters acting in ways that don't seem to fit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and... Yeah, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little Spoiler. bit. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think that they share that flaw in common, 
and that's one of the one of the earmarks I think of a bad episode is when one of one of the major characters is written in such a way that it seems where we're, we're constantly asking ourselves that this would he really do that no or would she really do that mm-hmm. um, yeah I, it's, I, there's almost this <laughs> acknowledgement of this in a way where there's a line where I, th- I think she and Scotty are down in the sick bay and Kirk's talking over the intercom and said well I find that is there a doctor or is he in, in engineering <laughs> yeah yeah. Right. Yeah. Almost like, like, well, that, that actually has more insight than you might first think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, and you know that's very out of character for Scotty because, I mean, even if even if he were smitten, um, he he wouldn't abandon his post. Uh, he wouldn't. Right. I, yeah. I mean, especially in an emergency. I mean, that's. And, and the way they, 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 they kind of start, and I, I realize, again, we're back to the um, continuity problem again, <clears throat> where there's not, they don't have an, any kind of arc build up for characters to develop relationships mm. because they, they just don't do it that way in this type of series, that they have to build it up so quickly with this voiceover, like, like I've never seen Scotty like this before, and, you know, he's, he's blah, mm. blah, 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 the, and that's... It, it, it's really, really forced. I mean, they're yeah. obviously trying, again, to trying to make up for the fact that, well, in the previous episode, this woman wasn't even on the show, let alone a significant factor in Scotty's life. Well, um, you remember when we were talking about uh, the Mark of Gideon, how they portrayed Kirk and Adana as, you know, falling madly in love in... Hours, Like, yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just ludicrous. Yeah, and that, that's a, that's a problem that I, I guess it's it's forgivable on one level, but this this one especially because it was so it was like it was like in the first few minutes of the episode they have to establish that this is already a serious relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that, that's kind of a problem. It's a problem, and it also it's. It doesn't do anything to further the plot either. You know, it's not like Scotty is put in a, in a position where he has to choose between you know his love and his duty or anything like mm-hmm. that. Really, um, well, go ahead. And, and unless, I, an unless inc- I'm missing something, but go ahead. No, no, that's true. And and they leave it inconclusive because okay, she uh, they're, they're transporting her down to Memory Alpha to work on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, recovering the information that was damaged or, you know, the memory banks, whatever. And so... Yeah, she's you know, obviously, the, you know, taken off. Yeah, so... Like, yeah. like she was at the beginning of the episode. She she was just there as a temporary... Like, she's hitching a ride. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it's just... And again, Rob, as you said, it doesn't really... It doesn't seem necessary for the story. I mean, you you could have something going on between them and then maybe you know added in as a character thing for scotty but it, it's so overdone that uh yeah it it's distracting yeah yeah definitely what do you guys think of the 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 ideas on this as far as the disembodied alien life form obviously not a new concept but uh i i, I didn't mind that part too much it no, it, I, it's interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, Star Trek is science fiction, so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, uh, a, as a plot point, it's it's perfectly reasonable. Um, I, I was trying to think, um, well, the uh, of other episodes that have featured... Um, Disembodied aliens. Um, I guess the uh, the Gorgon and and the children shall lead, mm. and the ones in uh, um, Charlie X, um, the Thasians or whatever they were. Um, so yeah, it, it's not new, but but this was um, also a uh, homeless series of entities roaming around the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, and hijacking the Enterprise. Yeah, or one of its crew. For their purposes, um, but it fits into that that genre of Star Trek episode. I guess what I like about this is that they are they're not very simple. They're sort of you you have some insight into their or they have they have this really strong will to survive, and that's what's kept them alive somehow. And that's that's a really kind of a fascinating idea. Although mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel very science fiction. To me, no, it's almost, it's almost a has a religious overtone, fantasy to it. or religious, yeah, like a bunch, so a bunch of souls running around, right? And so souls. it there's very little malevolent, exactly. And that what I like about it is the malevolence and the kind of coldness that they they don't really express themselves or articulate any point of view until the episode's almost over, and they also don't really they have a very like you know we all we will to power we will survive and. Yeah, it's gotten um, us this far, so who are you to tell us what to yeah. do? And, and it, it is true, they don't have any, you know, they basically are, will use who or whatever they want to to survive. Yeah, which, and I, I like that aspect of it, actually, mm-hmm. but I, but it feels, the, scienti- the science behind it feels completely arbitrary, unexplained. And... There's way, way too much of that, and, and that... Again, that, ah, this is another another one of these types of of stories that Next Gen handled a lot better because mm-hmm. they took the took the time to at least make some kind of sense of it in a science fiction yeah, what are, way. What are the rules and limits, right, of this of this particular? So they, they power need, you know, and... so Spock didn't really have any lines of exposition or, or techno babble to uh, to establish those rules, so to speak. Like you said, yeah, exactly, yeah. and he he often does that. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Next Gen, uh, the episode that springs to mind is Dramatis Persona, and uh, remind us uh, that, the what that one's about. I don't remember the the title. That's the one where, um, yeah, well, let me check, but I believe that's the one where um, Riker, Troy, Data, and. Uh, one other, I can't remember who it was, um, are, are down on a planet and they become possessed by <clears throat> disembodied aliens who try to take over the Enterprise. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, go on, I'll, I'll check and see if I can find it on okay. Memory Alpha. Amazing. Another part yeah, that... that so, oh, go ahead, Rob. Go, no, you go ahead. Um, Maybe we were going to mention the same well, thing. Well, that, that I was just thinking about was the, the the earlier scenes in the episode where they're being chased around where it's it's almost like they're on the ocean and like, go to the left, go to the right. Go to the <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's like, how would that work in space? Right? Yeah, it's it, it, it <laughs> just because glaringly obvious, and and obvious, you know, the the new effects kind of try and cover that up a little bit. But I think in the old version, the the ship just kind of you know moved back and forth, and the little globs of light would you know match it. It's like, oh, they they can't they cannot maneuver it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um. There's also um, Mira Romaine's visions that she has of what's going on on, on Memory Alpha. Yeah, they don't really do much to explain they, that either. They don't explain it, and it doesn't serve any purpose in the plot either, mm-hmm. which is also annoying that they just not, not thought through. Yeah, it's almost like a bad Halloween plot. Like yeah, this yeah. Spiritual possession crap. Right, right. That's what it feels like. Yeah, and then that, that that ties right into the um, Scotty condescension angle. Right. Oh, oh, it's, oh, just, oh space. Just, space. it's your space sickness. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is, lassie. You're just a lass, and you'll get space sick because of your periods. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, that sickly sweet leer <coughs> that he uses. Oh, God, that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you don't you don't like the character you don't like Scotty when he's no oh, I do like Scotty I like Scotty no very but I, much. I mean no I mean I'm when saying he's acting like I, that I like I like the character a lot but I don't like him in this episode oh right because yeah. of the way that he's behaving is so yeah. seems so out of character exactly. that's what I mean that's what I'm trying to say yeah it it, it reminds yeah. me of the, the the one time earlier in the series and one of you guys will remember it I'm off my meds or something here but um, the I don't know. I, I, Kirk is about to leave, and then Scotty turns to him and grabs his shoulder and you know, says, Jim, really emphatically. Oh, mirror, mirror. Yeah, yeah, okay. And yeah. the re- one reason that was so effective was because it was this rare burst of non, I'm giving it all she's got emotion from Scotty. This personal yeah. uh, expression of uh, affection you know, for his captain. Yeah, and that I think that's the only time in the original series that he called him Jim. I think you're right, and mm-hmm. but it was, it was also just the way it was done. It was really good, and and you, you yeah you feel like that's all kind of flushed down the toilet when you when you see the character act like this. Well, you know, character development and consistency just what yeah. as you aptly put it was flushed down the toilet in the third season <laughs> for the most part. The toilet for all of them. season. But just think, we have Turnabout Intruder yet to come. Is oh, we boy. all have have to remember. Um, <clears throat> also, the the solution at the end of putting her under high pressure. <laughs> where does that come from? I mean, it reminds me of the end of um, Space Seed. Tr- uh, well, Space Seed. Well, no, that that, that wasn't uh, how they got rid of him, but it was. How, oh, I was thinking of. I was thinking about Kirk by. Was it Kirk? By putting yeah, him putting in pressure. Him in that same oh, chamber, okay. I think. Wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yep, I've forgotten. Yep. So I was right. thinking of um, Operation Annihilate. Oh, um, with the lights. And how they, they realize that there's a vulnerability. Yep, yep. But here they just, it, it seems like, oh, well, why don't we uh, try pressure? See if that works. Do, do, <laughs> Throw do, her do. in this you know, large like, box. There's no, there's no figuring out of, a, of the solution. No, it's like there's a scene <laughs> missing where they had a meeting yeah. to discuss it. Yeah, where they thought, well, what are, what is this thing? What is it like? All those things that we're that we have come to expect, from right? Or when I when show. I you know you, you you find yourself wishing for the the little bit of uh, 
tricorder analysis or whatever, you know, that at least would give you some kind of a something to latch onto. Other than just like, right. well, throw her in here. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, and I don't understand. Um, well, as you pointed out earlier, Rob, they didn't even suggest some sort of, you know, even pseudoscientific basis for putting her in a hyperbaric chamber to in order to drive out these disembodied aliens. How does that work? I well, I don't know, but. Well, and I mean, part of it is they, like, they don't even, even when they're trying to keep the the Zetarians from coming onto the ship, they don't even, Spock basically just says, the shields aren't going to stop them. He doesn't say why. Yeah. He doesn't have the computer explain right. why. He just says, nope, not going to work. Yeah, nope, <laughs> it's a, I guess that, we're that's really about, That's really about all there is to it. <laughs> The sab. We. I feel like this isn't the first time during this the third season that we've that that sort of thing has happened, where they've Spock has sort of well, shrugged. Lack of professionalism, Starfleet. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. lack of professionalism mm-hmm. is sort of a, the umbrella for what some of the flaws we've been identifying. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and I, I don't. Again, we of all people are are willing to give this show a break at certain times. Right. It, yeah. But at, at points like this, it's not hard to to find these things. Well, I, I'm working on my write-up for The Mark of Gideon, and the more I think about it, the less and less I think of that episode. But And, well, yes. anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... What about... Um, we we stuck a little bit of misogyny corner in, in at the beginning. How about the lieutenant? How how was she? Or we we know how she was treated by by Scotty at least. I, funny enough, Kirk treated her more professionally. <laughs> right, that's true. <coughs> Somewhat surprising. I mean, at least she has at least the focus is on her and her. It's sort of it's sort of like Mark of Gideon. It seems it almost seems as though someone has been making an effort this season to put the focus on female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the guest stars. I mean, if you think about um, several of the episodes, do that. But Mark Mark of Gideon. Um, is there in truth Elana, no beauty? Yeah, Ilana Troyes. Yeah, in tr- is there in truth no beauty? Yeah, even even and the so, characters we find annoying, or I find annoying. Still, yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like there's, and I, I'm stealing this, so I'll acknowledge it. But I, I, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, this guy. I think he's a guy, um, who goes by the name of Film Crit Hulk. Mm-mm. Um, mm. he writes movie-related essays in the, in the in the tone of voice of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> so you know, and every so often he says, "Well, Hulk knows that blah blah blah," and and he write, and of course the th- thing that's kind of dumb after a while is that he, all of his stuff is written in all caps, like he's yelling. Yeah, <laughs> which you know, apparently there's even a web filter that you can put on your browser called the Dehulkifier that, that <laughs> reformats all of his articles into you know conventional sentences. It's <laughs> funny. The reason I bring that up though is because. I, he wrote this incredibly lengthy series of entries on all of the James Bond movies, oh, which, wow. um, if you guys are interested, I'll send you a link to them. Um, they, they're very interesting. He goes through every single movie 
and kind of, you know, analyzes them pretty, pretty thoroughly. One of the things he, he uses as a theme, though, is that, or, or his, his theory is that the best of the Bond movies also happen to be the ones with the best female characters in them. Mm, mm. Interesting. And it's, you know, if you line it up, it, it, maybe there are other factors there, but, you know, he's not wrong about that. So, mm. like, uh, if you think of From Russia With Love or some of the yeah. other really good ones, the female characters are, are not just, you know, plastic uh, sex toys or whatever. So what did he think of Pussy Galore? Just, um, I'm just curious. Um, I, I, I don't think he likes that one very much. <laughs> which which yeah. one is that? Uh, although they're, they're, apparently the that's Goldfinger. Um, <coughs> the other oh, thing okay. about you have to remember Goldfinger is that um, in the Ian Fleming book, Pussy Galore is a lesbian. Oh really? Who, who yeah. has to be you know turned over by Bond's powers? <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's, so she's relatively funny. progressive in the movie. <laughs> but um, one of the th- the. Back back to the the characters we've been discussing in Star Trek is that um, he makes he comes back to the way that the way he describes it is that the the characters in these that the good Bond female characters have their own agency mm-hmm. uses that term a lot and that that even the ones who are you know maybe they're not the they don't have the best roles or they're not they're they're not as essential to the plot but at least they're human characters. Mm-hmm. And they have something going on that is, you know, not just an attachment to James Bond or Captain Kirk or Scotty. Mm-hmm. Mm. That, 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 that's what struck me about this is like, yeah, okay, the relationship is kind of, you know, overdone and messed up and everything in this one. But at least she, she has a purpose and apparently a life. And, you know, <laughs> right, other, yeah. other things that are going on that are, she's not just there as a tool. Right. And so that that's... that's so I, th- I think that's a, a pretty good way to look at it. It's you know, another way, one way to gauge it, at least. Well, it's uh, it's really kind of dichotomous because um, n- now that I think about it, now that we started talking about this, the third season, in spite of all of its flaws, actually did a better job than the first two seasons in portraying, well, at least, at least in having... Um, female guest stars who mm-hmm. were reasonably strong three-dimensional characters. You know, they may not have been entirely likable, like uh, the one in Is There in Truth No Beauty, but mm-hmm. um, at least they were reasonably substantial characters. They may not have been treated well right. by the crew, but, um, you know, the... They are real characters, I, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not that I think that that redeems the third season to any large degree, but it's uh, interesting and kind of odd that they would pay that much attention. It's almost like to that aspect. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say it's almost like feminism is is an issue or that or a topic that emerges very very late in the original series, and then and then. And often very poorly, you know, it, especially, well, turn about and truth. Well, it, it, right? you, could almost, you could also argue but, that is un, undo, undoes a lot of <laughs> in, anything well, positive. But. I mean, I think it's, it's an effort, it is at least an effort to address the issue that, you know, um, it shows that there, there are sort of evolving things, evolving 
sort of norms and things like that that people don't know how to what to do with right so it's like but i feel like they're it's mostly just absent from season one and maybe starts to emerge a little bit in season two but but yeah i think there is that is a real trend towards the end of the series even though the episodes aren't very good right and and, you know season one as much as as much as we like a lot of the episodes in season one is fairly retrograde Mm-hmm. And so I, I I think that so it, it makes you also kind of go back to mourning what the show may have become had things gone differently after season two. Well, and yeah. I wonder too if it has to do. I think about the creators and the producers and whether Roddenberry had, in a lot of ways, had very ret- what you might call retrograde exactly. views about about women, and he was often pushing the the sexiness factor and the, the short skirts and that sort of thing was his, a lot of his, you know, sort of agenda or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also had um, DC Fontana, Dorothy Fontana, late later in the series having more influence. She, you know, went from being his Roddenberry secretary to being one of the sort of major Pro- producers. producers. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah, right? And so maybe that has something to do with it, too, is that she her her voice was heard more often. I think that it's, uh, again, if you rewrite history on this, that if Roddenberry stays on the show and the network ends up supporting it, um, you know, probably ideally it wouldn't have just been an all Roddenberry all the time. Cause I, I, right, because I, I, I think he, he, he kind of has a lot in common with George Lucas in that way. Yeah. That uh, you know, left left completely to his own devices. Um, you know, he's he's got some problems, and, and he was he, also he com- best completely with strong collaborators. Yeah. He did, and he was well, also completely exhausted by by the end of the first mm-hmm. season. He was already burned out, basically. Oh yeah. Well, so maybe not maybe, by maybe the end of the first maybe season, maybe mid midway through the second season. Yeah, but and he even that, admits so. that I was listening to. A, that series of interviews uh, with him and uh, he's talking to Bill Shatner and says, you know, up front that by the end of the second season, one of the things he was, when he walked off after um, Paramount was sold to Gulf Western and they fucked or they reneged on the deal that Paramount had made with him. He uh, just walked off, uh, dropped it and walked off and he says that he was, uh, well, he said his rationale was that he'd have to deal with the studios again at some point, and if he'd had, if he was to have any credibility, he had to have the integrity to just drop it and walk off. And then he says that that actually was a justification on his part because by that time he was had just enormous fatigue from. All of the shit that he you know from reading through. about the extensive production of yeah. the show, of this the series, uh, it's completely uh, obvious why that would be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, do you guys have anything else to add on this one, or do we want to move on to part two? Um, I'm good with uh, moving on. Yeah, same here. 